The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. Are you ready? It's From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Happy opening day, everybody. Let's go Sox. Thank you for joining us. We come to you from our palatial studios in Westwood, Massachusetts. All right, they're not palatial, but they're pretty nice. They're pretty cool. You should come visit us sometime, especially if you're interested in doing your own podcast. Um, We do that here at pod617.com, and I'll tell you more about that later. But uh, for now, I need to tell you that we have an awesome guest here in studio. It's the great Tom Alessi, and uh, Tom is a financial advisor at the Moody Street. Wait a minute, Tom Alessi. Hey, there you go. Tom, they love you in Westwood. Well, I was going to say, what happened there is a dead silence when you gave my name. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom Alessi, everybody. Oh, no. Um, I was just a little late on the trigger with the, uh, with the applause. So uh, Tom's a financial advisor with the Moody Street Group. We are going to um, talk to him about what he does he won't be revealing too much because, as I know as a former financial advisor, you have to be careful what you say about the markets um, when it comes to public speaking. But that's okay. Tom's going to talk to us, and we'll have a good chat. To let us know what he does. And then we're going to play a round of – and you know what, Tom? You, you I think, uh, have renamed this segment because it didn't really have a name before. I have a, a lot of interview questions, and Tom said, you, know, you mean like trigger questions. So what does that mean, trigger questions? Trigger questions is just you got to. It's right off the top of your head. Just whatever first jumps into your brain, that's what you got to answer. You got your finger on the trigger, and you got to just fire when you hear that. When you get your answer, that's what okay. it is. So we'll play trigger questions with Tom coming up a little bit later in the show. Um, for now, let me just take you take one moment to tell you what we do here at the Boston Podcast Network. In fact, how would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you. Whether you're a lawyer, a financial advisor, a business owner, or really any kind of professional. You should have your voice heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their earbuds, you're already in their head, literally. That paragraph brought to you by the Society to Preserve the True Meaning of the Word, literally. Stop misusing it, people. Literally. Thank you. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message and build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. That's how it works. You get yourself a podcast, you invite your clients, you invite centers of influence onto your show, and they dig it. And then they're going to share it with their network. And they told two friends, and they told two friends, and so on and so on. You remember that ad, Tom? And they told two friends? Shampoo. Shampoo, yeah. I forget what kind of shampoo it was, so I guess it couldn't have been that good. Anyway, go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution. Pod617.com in pod we trust. That's what's known in the business as a live read. Did you enjoy it? It did. You did very well. Oh, thank you. Um, the key is to playfully depart from the script for some reason. Um, that's uh, the way podcasting has developed. At any rate, so tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, Tom, my friend. You um, you grew up around here, right? I grew up in Needham. Okay, and um, so you're a townie, sort of. Yeah. Um, been here in Westwood for about 
little over 10 years, about 11 years now. Right. And um, how, what, do, what are your memories of growing up and sort of how neighborhoods have changed and stuff? Like, did you have the similar experience that I did where we um, lived in a world that doesn't exist anymore with like riding your bikes to kid, riding your bikes to your friends' houses and staying up until the sun went down, stuff like that? Absolutely. Yeah. In my neighborhood, they, you know, basically we had a schoolyard right across the street. Yeah. So that was where everybody was every single day. Same with me. It was so East Elementary School. Yeah. So mine was Harris and Needham. We were either playing ball there or doing something there, and it was just whoever was there was playing mm-hmm. forever. I mean, that's all we did all day long. And so how did we lose our way? Or have we lost our way? <laughs> well, I don't know that we lost our way. I mean, there's still you know, schoolyards and places where kids go, I think it's just not as random anymore. It's more structured, whereas you're sending a kid and and then they're going. But my kids every now and then will still just, a group of them will head out and just go hang out someplace. Yeah. But it doesn't happen as as often or as random as we used to do it. Yeah. And it used to be, and I'm not saying anything revolutionary, it's been said many times, but, you know, the um, the helicopter parents uh, didn't used to, you know, they're around now. They didn't used to exist. And it used to be you just kind of said, you know, after school, Mom, I'm going to Jimmy's or Aaron's or whatever and got on your bike. And then who knew where you were going to go? You know, maybe you were going to go up to grab an ice cream if you had uh, 50 cents. And maybe you were going to, you know, um, try to get together a, a pickup football game or whatever. Um, kids still do plenty of stuff, which is cool. But I worry that it, it ruins um, sort of, uh, I don't know, independent streak. I mean, I think you learn independence that way a little bit more. Well, and I think that's part of it is that it's not so much a little bit of the independence, but it's also that sort of the ability to be flexible with people when it's, when it's structured and all set up, you know, play dates type of thing. Mm-hmm. There's no spontaneity. Right. You know, there's none of that, hey, let's just, you know, if the six of us showed up, let's go do something type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's like mini adventures. You know, you you, you wander down by the creek and you find some old tire or something and probably something you're not supposed to be playing with. But but but, you know, I think that inspires imagination and creativity and things like that. Right. Um, Which is too bad. You know, there have been studies I heard recently that kids... Um, are not as bored as they used to, and you need a little boredom in your life because boredom leads you to imagine things and come up with things. Um, my brothers and I used to, uh, you know, invent games in the side of our house. You know, it was wiffle ball, but with a twist, or it was like, you know, you had to do this with the wiffle ball and then chuck the frisbee over there, and like all kinds of little games with different right. rules and stuff. You know. Yeah, we used to play a wiffle ball in a, a, a friend's house where it was. Uh, literally at like a, almost like a box lacrosse type of thing like we were mm-hmm. the way his driveway was set up there was one wall right next to it but mm-hmm. you had the garage door as the strike zone yeah and and we used to just play there for forever we'd have those those games went on all day long usually yeah it was it was always cool to have a friend who had a wall either a hill or a wall a hill where you could do a little sledding or a wall, or a wall that you could use as a home run wall for wiffle, right. wiffle ball. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's what you were. I um, when I uh, got older and took a job as a camp counselor, there was an area at our summer camp called the corral because it was just as uh, a fenced-in kind of small-ish grassy area. But you could play uh, wiffle ball there and maybe a couple of other sports. 
And um, one year I convinced the camp director to, to build a wall in on the side for wiffle ball. So it was cool, the, the sight of the ball going over the, uh, the mini green monster. I forget what we called it. Anyway. All right. Um, so tell us, tell us what you do. Tell us how you help people. So really, for me, my practice more focuses on sort of the corporate side, mm-hmm. handling re- retirement plans, ultimately really focused as, as more of a, a niche in the nonprofit arena. So we do a lot of nonprofit uh, organizations, helping them with uh, really financial wellness mm-hmm. and retirement plans. Okay. So you set up, you'll set up a retirement plan for the employees of a nonprofit Correct. company. Okay. And um, like, how did you get into that? And was it by design? Is that something you enjoy doing? It is something that I enjoy doing. It's really morphed over the years, um, you know, and, and not to, to, to go too deep into anything, but, yeah. um, you know, the Moody Street Group does a lot in the special needs marketplace. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of, of uh, workshops with organizations that focus on, on trying to work with families with a child with special needs. Mm-hmm. And from there, it just sort of morphed that we have all of these organizations that we touch and we're only touching the families of the organization. Right. We're not actually working with the employees. Okay. And so we started to really look at how we could help and support what we consider the people who are doing really the good work. Yeah. So this is how Tom and I met. So I, as I've mentioned before on the podcast, I run a, a monthly group called the Special Needs and Elder Care Consortium. We meet in Wellesley. Um, if you ever want to uh, drop in on a meeting, they are open to the public. If your world has been touched by special needs, you have a child with special needs or family member or what have you, um, we throw in this big stew of professional advisors and representatives from nonprofits. And so, um, needless to say, Tom um, has a has a permanent seat at the table as far as I'm concerned. Um, and we do a lot of good stuff there. We bring in speakers and things like that. But so, are there any? Um, and so, and by the way, thank you. Thank you for doing what you do because you do, and I know in addition to, um, you know, having nonprofits as clients, you guys, you guys get involved in a lot of charitable work as yourself, right. you volunteer your time. Can you talk about any of the organizations that you support? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the organizations, and it's fact that I have, you know, I don't know when this is going to air, but for, for me, the right. first meeting, I, I, I do um, the Tee It Up for Autism golf tournament every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm on the committee, and we actually have a committee first committee meeting tomorrow night. That's out in. God bless. I'm going to blank now. Here we are. <laughs> the, you know, it's. Uh, What's the organization? Uh, so it's uh, Autism Resource Central. Uh, okay. They're out in Worcester. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm sure this will air before the the event for sure. Well, so. the event's in August. It's on oh, the so 23rd well, of August. That I was trying to remember the golf course because I'm blanking on it at this point. Of That's course. okay. People can go to the website. I take yeah. it if you Google that organization, go to the website. So that's cool. Um, yeah. Um, and I know we just I'd, signed up this week for the Carroll Center for the Blind for their annual walk run. Um, so I know we're doing that as well. Excellent. Were you there that day that I was there when we took the tour? Or, yes. Or, yeah, okay. So I've seen that. And where, where are they located? I don't remember where I was. So they're, they're in Newton, <laughs> right, right off Newton. Center Street. Yeah. Wonderful organization. That I was very impressed that day, and um, it's it's so cool to be able to explore like things like places like this, like in your backyard, because right. there are tons of them. And unfortunately, special needs aren't going away. Challenges like blindness and uh, I'm sorry, do we call it sight impairedness or something? Vision <laughs> impairedness. Vision impairedness. Okay. Um, 
aren't going away. And yeah, you know, I think we're lucky to live in Massachusetts, though, because um, you know you can you can poke some holes in the treatment of people with special needs, especially since many school systems here in Massachusetts just don't offer exactly what kids need, often a result of the budget, et cetera, et cetera. But there are so many schools, there are so many organizations, right. you know, and... Um, and that's one of the reasons, and, and, and again, to sort of give props back to the, uh, the, the Special Needs Consortium, that the reason for going a lot is mm-hmm. because of all the other professionals and advocates and organizations that we can then learn about and partner with and, and tap yeah. into because, let's face it, there's so many different, as you just said, organizations and, and other areas that, that you just don't know about. Yeah, and they need you, and they're, they're, um, you know, your work with them will make them a better, stronger organization and more uh, financially viable and all that. And we all know nonprofits aren't, aren't typically flush with cash with the certain exceptions, I suppose. Um, right. Well, that's the other part of what yeah. we do is because that's where it sort of morphed, as I was saying, that because we know that in a lot of nonprofit organizations, the employees just feel like, you know, they're all about the mission. Right. They're not about the money. Not that money is evil or bad, but, you know, it's it's not a first consideration. Right. So that when they usually sat or sit around a room or get talked to about, like, the retirement plan, it's all about the retirement plan. Mm-hmm. And it's not about what their basic needs might be, and whether that's budget and cash flow or debt reduction or anything like that. And so that's what we try to do. We try to come in and talk to them about the different ways that they can actually start to save for mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Right. Well, whether it's retirement, a college education, a new home, whatever the mm-hmm. case may be. But it, until they get that under control, they can't save. It's just not going to happen. Right. And people that that work for nonprofits, God bless them, they've, they've likely made a choice that they're going to do something noble, typically in exchange for a humble salary, right? Right. And so... Um, yeah, everybody counts, yeah. right? <laughs> for sure. Well, and that's the part of it. And and for a lot of it, it's not that they're not getting the education, but they're just not getting the education and information, especially in some of the larger organizations that might have programs and splinter groups. Right. You know, they're, they're just not being touched. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to do. We try to come into those organizations and, and really do, like, more one-on-one sit-down education. I like it. Um, you had a recent event that was football themed I want to say yeah this is my uh, memory going but tell me about that one because that one was cool well so and this is this is my so for a lot of those organizations and and um, places that that have programs for the adults who have aged out mm-hmm. so now they're you know plus pay, age 22 they're now young adults or even older adults in day programs or that they, they have that they're working with. Sure. And so we come in and we do a workshop for them that's really a a financial and money management 101, but it's all that's done great. to it's all done to football. Only, <laughs> you know, it's just the As way a I, theme. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's well so it's yeah. it really talks about your financial playbook. Right? Okay. So it starts it. with yeah. what's your game plan because that's really ca- cash flow budget like we just mm-hmm. talked about. Then it gets into the red zone, which is credit cards. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and then we talk to them about how to tackle debt, right? right? Oh, so, nice. like and it. we've got custom Brady jerseys that we wear as part right. of it. So it's all football. And the, the one part that I love about it most of all is because legal and compliance let me get away with it. <laughs> 
It's yeah. called Ballin' on a Budget. Ballin' on a Budget. That's that's cool. So that'll be an annual tradition now? Or, so or do you do, do it regularly? We do it at any organization that wants us to come oh, in. Okay. In fact, we were just we were out at a, an event yesterday talking to an organization about having us come in and do that for one of their day programs. And so this is financial education for people who have a diagnosis of special needs. And and um, so, um, yeah, for those that don't know, Tom mentioned uh, age 22 or older, when the, the child and, um, of course, my son, Adrian, he's 20, he has autism, and um, he goes to a wonderful school taken care of by the town of Sharon. But once you hit 22, you're no longer the town's responsibility. So now that doesn't mean... People with special needs are completely left out in the cold. They can um, get benefits from the state to a degree, but there's still some big decisions that have to be made at age right. 22. And, and you know, one of the biggest ones is can they live independently? So, I imagine that for for kids that um, are you know high functioning but have social challenges and things like that, um, when you try to become independent, the money management is um, I imagine huge. So. Right. And so it's if for us, it's one of our ways of doing a give back with that. Like yeah. I said, for us, it's also it's the fun. Right. You, you can, you know, mm-hmm. with the whole football theme, anytime we get to put the Brady jerseys on, it's always fun. <laughs> it's so just one big excuse it, to wear Brady, exactly, wear number 12. That's what it is. So it's a very yeah. funny story with the Brady jerseys. I will tell you that. So so go ahead. So um, the parent, the broker dealer is housed actually in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. Right, so this is going back to Deflate Gate. Oh not boy! To, not to drudge up the Deflate Gate. Don't get da, 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 da. Me started, Tom. <laughs> so, but what happened is they want they got a national conference going on, and they wanted to bring all the advisors in and do it like a university, like a learning thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So they said mm-hmm. they wanted you to wear your alma mater or your favorite team jersey. Got it. So this is right as Deflate Gate is going on. We had seven of us going. I go. We're going in Brady jerseys. Right. So we're walking around downtown Indianapolis, seven <laughs> dudes in Brady jerseys. It was hysterical. Right in in the wake of Deflate Gate. Right which, in the wake of Deflate Gate. Um, yeah, at oh, the yeah. height of the the Brady Manning uh, feud, I guess. But no, it, 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 I'm sorry. I'm I. Uh, that's not the thing. The thing is, it started in Indianapolis, right? right. And um, it was the that writer, that horrible writer in Indianapolis that um, perpetuated the whole thing, along with some of the idiots at ESPN. Oh, see, now you got me all upset again, reliving it. Did you ever see the um, uh, ad for Foot Locker where Brady um, appeared and, and in a matter of speaking, for the first time, defended himself against all the deflate gate charges? Did you ever see that? I I. I want to say I saw it, but I, I can't. No recall on it. It was point. really done in a genius way. After the fifth year, how is it possible it keeps getting better even after all these years? Kind of makes you wonder what Foot Locker is up to. You know, that's an unfortunate mindset you got there. Tom Brady. Just because something's great year after year doesn't mean anything's going on. Why can't some things just be great? Just a question. It starts with questions, and then questions turn into assumptions, and then assumptions turn into vacations. So why would you punish the week of greatness for something that never even happened? I lost my appetite. <laughs> yeah, so he's uh, something that never even happened. You say, yeah. I, I never did anything. And you know what? He didn't. Tom Brady is innocent. I will go to my grave knowing that is true. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a, what a load of horseshit that was. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> it was a fat guy with a bag of balls in a bathroom. Uh, Try yeah. to figure that out. Try to how that guy could actually have done it. 
see, even even considered in the worst possible light, some guy took a bunch of uh, footballs into the uh, bathroom, maybe to deflate them, maybe. Um, that's not Tom Brady ordering to go into the bathroom. That just doesn't make any sense. And the the thing that people didn't talk about is you're allowed to deflate the footballs. You are allowed to get them to um, uh, PSI that you like as long as it's within the boundaries of the rules. In fact, and um, what you're shaking your head no? Yeah. Yes, it is. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. You're wrong because once the referee signs off on the ball, you can't. So touch this, it. so this was allegedly after the referee had signed off on it. Correct. Okay. Well. Okay. So, um, but, fine. But still, even if we surrender that point, it, it's like it was a, it was akin to a uniform violation, and the the most yeah. pen, the most punishment that had ever been doled out for something like that was like uh, a ten thousand dollar fine or something. So I got you rolling down that hill because <laughs> that's how the Brady jerseys came about. Because oh, okay, we were right, rolling yeah, in the Brady jerseys, which. Yeah. Which was funny because you're in downtown, if you've ever been to Indianapolis or anywhere in the Midwest, you know the people are very, very nice. Yes, they are, yeah. They, you, about as worse we got was like a stern look. Okay. Like if we had been in New York or Philadelphia, you know, forget it. You, yeah. you know. Oh, God, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, so that's, yeah, that's... Uh, but that's balling on a budget. That's what that's, we do. It's, it's really a give back because it's those organizations that have those adult day programs where we come in and do that. To be honest with you, we could do it for any millennials because maybe they're not so good at budgeting and Yeah, cash you could still well. call that balling on a budget too. I mean, right. why not? Yeah. Um, but it's really meant as, as a give back to those organizations with day programs. I love it. Well, if, if people are hearing this and they want to get in touch with you and, and set that up, which should they go to your website or how should they get in touch with you? So easiest way is a direct office line for me. That's 617 682 Seven three seven four, or my email address is my first initial T with my last name, which is A L E S S I, at Moody Street, all spelled out. dot com. Hey, this is Ed Nathanson, host of Are You Not Entertained? Let me take a minute to tell you about the awesome team and company that's the Boston Podcast Network. I'm new to this myself. I've always been into podcasts, but how would you like your own podcast? The Boston Podcast Network can produce one for you and not just make it okay, but make it freaking epic. Whether you're a lawyer, a financial advisor, a business owner like I am, or any kind of professional like I am, well, I wouldn't say professional, but close, you should have your own voice heard through this really exciting medium. A good podcast is more powerful than your traditional advertising nowadays. If you're like me, that's all I listen to now. I literally listen to podcasts every day when I'm in my car. If a prospective client hears your podcast through their ears, or their earbuds, I should say, of course, how do you, else do you hear but through your ears, Ed? Then you're already in their head, literally. Pod617.com will help you deliver a message, build relationships, clients, and centers of influence will be delighted at being a guest on your show. Go to pod617.com to start planning. Be part of the pod revolution. Don't be the last in. Visit pod617.com. In pod we trust. So as we promised, we have a series of trigger questions for Tom. His term, not mine, but I like it so much I'm stealing it. And we're going to put on a little bit of um, dramatic music for this segment. Are you ready, Tom? Yes, sir. Okay. Question number one. Are you more of a hunter or a gatherer? Hunter. And why? Give us at least one sentence on that. I know. It's really because it's part of what I do. I hunt every day. It's part of, you know, I always joke with everybody in my business, we eat what we kill. 
right? Oh, wow. That's so. why, yeah, Tom walked into our studio today carrying a uh, deer carcass. No, not really. <laughs> not that kind of hunter. Okay, question number two. You're a new addition to the crayon box. What color would you be and why? A new, do I have to be a new color? Yeah, see, that's weird. It, it, no, it doesn't mean, <laughs> no, it just means you're the new crayon in the box. What what color would you like to the be? The first color that popped into my head, and I have no idea why, is teal. Teal? Teal, I have no idea. Maybe it's the blue thing right behind you in the, on the board there. That's it. I have a, I, yeah, I have a whiteboard, and it came with certain colors, and uh, so it did come with black, so thank you. And uh, but it also came with teal and pink, and I have no idea why. But I'm colorblind, so so I need it. I need weird colors. Uh, so to now stick I'm up. now I'm getting the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> it is kind. So it is kind of Carolina. Or Panthers. actually, you know, North Carolina with their blue uniforms and the pink shoes. So wow. So go, teal. I don't know why. Go teal. Tar Heels. Yeah. Okay. Question number three. What do you think about when you're alone in your car? Songs. <laughs> that you're listening to at the time. Yeah, well, no, not necessarily. I may oh. not have had my iPod in or just be there, but it would just be, you know, starting to think about something and that will, it's either that or business. And so business is, is going to drive me crazy. So if I don't try to drive myself crazy, I'll yep. think about music. So what's your go-to, uh, give us some examples of what would be on your go-to playlist. Oh, God bless. Anything is on my playlist because it goes all the way back from classic rock to whatever the craziness. I have teenage girls, whatever they're listening to. So mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a, a clear mix mm -hmm. of, of music from that. Um, what concerts do you remember going to in the, say, the 80s or the 70s, I guess, but you're, you're not that old. I, yeah. <laughs> I know so that. I, well, I can tell you this. Yep. Uh, so there you go. To really date myself, mm -hmm. uh, I saw Tom Petty yeah. as backup for Jay Giles. Nice. So oh my God! I'm so glad you brought up Jay Giles. They were one of my favorites. One of my first concerts. Yeah. In the Freeze Frame tour, um, and it was an eye-opening experience for me because I must have been about. 12 at the time or something or maybe 13 or something like that but anyway uh we go to see him i think it was in the providence civic center which it's was a great place to see a show yeah and as when when we were growing up it was typically the best place to see a show because i feel like the garden um didn't have a lot of the big headliners at the time for whatever reason a lot harder to get to also providence civic center was pretty solid worcester center was you know too much of a schlep for for us anyway but the point being we, my parents took me and my two younger brothers to see the Jake Giles band, thinking that it's a relatively wholesome band, and they are, but rock concerts back then were much different oh, yeah, than yeah. they were now. I mean, not a lot of rules. No yeah. no rules, of, not, not a lot of security rules. And um, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, um, the practice, you know, back in the, in the you know, late 70s, early 80s, was once the concert started, you could have the crappiest seats in the world, and you can just run down the aisle and just kind of crush the stage. And, um, you know, they tried to keep general safety, but they didn't make you go back to your seat. So flash forward to uh, my, and this might be a little embarrassing, my brother and I went to a Brian Adams concert, and um, he, Brian Adams told people in the bad seats to come down and stand in the aisles. And and we did. We had bad seats. And we did. And we had fun. And then the security sent us back. And Brian Adams told everybody to come back again. Yeah, he... Um, by the way, Brian Adams has a new album out for, for fans out there. I'm a, I'm a geek. I, I don't mind. All right. Well, so how about this one for yep. you? So the Who's Farewell Tour. 
1982. Now, the Who is coming back this summer. So yeah. just to let you know, it wasn't much we're of a farewell tour, right? So, yep. yeah. Uh, no, the 80s would have been all of the bands. The Who, the Stones. You know, well, the, well uh, fitting that you bring up the Who, because I think it was their concert that changed uh, safety at concerts, because, uh, you know, uh, I think dozens of people died right. during they the. Got cr- yeah, yeah. That, that was that was insane. I recently saw a Who uh, tribute band called, uh, I guess it was called Who's Next. Um, they were okay. The guy looked like Roger Daltrey. Sing like Daltrey? Hmm, not so much. Um, all right, wait, let's go back to the trigger questions. We've got time for a few more. Uh, what was the last gift you gave someone that you can recall? That I can recall? I gave my, my wife a smartwatch. Oh, that's cool. Now, do you have a smartwatch yourself? You're wearing the Fitbit today, it looks well, it's like. Well, a, it's a sort of a Fitbit. It's, okay. Yeah, that's the idea. And to be honest with you, the only reason I have it, besides like trying to track my steps, right. is it's hooked to the phone. So when somebody texts me or calls me, I, it, my wrist buzzes, so I know that. You realize you and everyone else, we've become Pavlov's dogs. Yeah. That's, we're just good. We're, we're constantly... It's like we all have these nervous ticks every time something buzzes. Or so, and does your wife like the watch uh, so far? So far, yes. I don't. I don't have one, and I might break down and get one. But I don't know if I need another thing like vibrating, you know, um, and ticking and beeping. Um, all right. What's your? This is a weird question. I'm going to ask it. Any advice for your previous boss, or or we'll say a previous boss? No. <laughs> good, good bosses. Have you had good bosses, bad bosses throughout the years? Oh yeah, Combo. no, no. So I had. So I'll give you one. So this, okay. is, this is. So this guy was. So um, we used to do a lot of travel. I had a job where I did a lot of advert. I was in advertising, so we did a lot of traveling hmm, for this okay, job, yeah. right? So, but this guy, when we went to dinner, it was the five star best place in town nice. that we could find. Mm-hmm. However, if we were on the road and it was lunch, it was. As crappy a place as you could ever find. It <laughs> was hysterical. Yeah. He had he had no qualms with going into some cheap, crazy place for lunch, but right. dinner had to be like the the, the tip top of the town. Right. Um, well, I, I think you made out kind of even in the end, right? I right. Mean, well, that was because yeah. you didn't eat that much anyway, and you were on the road usually going from one place to another, so. Yeah, when I worked for Lawyers Weekly, we at, at, during um, sort of the glory years, we were part of a company called the uh, the Dolan Company or Dolan Media, and uh, they used to take us. They they really treated us well. The the people that led the papers, they would fly us in for conferences where we could all compare notes and become better at what we did, and it was it was great. Um, it was it was so and and they would um, I mean we're not talking five star uh, restaurants or hotels but pretty nice p- fairly nice we went to New Orleans um, for one of them and what a great time I mean three nights in a row they had dinner at various restaurants and it was almost I almost felt bad but I, I but I ate my my crawfish and and uh, you know <laughs> and uh, it was it was quite delicious I said to someone I you know dinner and drinks three nights in a row I feel like Sinatra or something. All right, let's do two more questions. Um, <laughs> here's a good one. What the heck? What do you want to be when you grow up? Jimmy Buffett. <laughs> That's a great answer. You know, you look a little bit like Jimmy Buffett. Has anyone ever told you that? <laughs> no. A little, a little bit. Um, uh, tell me why. 
The guy just has a place in your heart. Yeah, just it's you know hanging down in the keys and fishing and doing all that stuff. So yeah, yeah. That would be the lifestyle for me. Now it doesn't hurt to have several million followers that will uh, pay a king's ransom to to see him wherever he's playing, I'm or sure have his own assisted living communities. Now he Jimmy Buffett has this. Yeah. I haven't heard this. Yeah, Margaritaville is now a. This you can live in Margaritaville. You can live in Margaritaville. He can waste away again in Margaritaville. That's amazing. That's amazing. I thought Margaritaville was just a chain of of um, you know. They've expanded gimmicky restaurants, exactly. which exists as well. Um, I mean, that what would you say that guy's philosophy is for life? Or maybe you've said it. Chill out. Uh, you know, put your flip flops on and it. don't worry about too much. Right. You could do worse. I like that answer. Okay. Uh, we have time for one more question. Um, oh, I got to make it a good one. Hmm. All right. Here we go. If you woke up and had 2,000 unread emails and you could only answer 300 of them, how would you choose which one to answer? That's a terrible question. Don't even answer it. Okay. Um, there was too much math. There was. There. I know. It's not going to be able to deal <laughs> with that. These questions started. Uh, this is from uh, a list assembled by fastcompany.com, uh, which is, um, you know, has some good stuff in terms of uh, tech and business and some other stuff. But this, the, this question, these, this list of questions is running out of gas. Uh, let's see. Who would win a fight between Spider Man and Batman? So I've always been a Spidey dude. Okay. My I I don't know why or what it is. Just Spider-Man to me was always cool. Mm -hmm. Batman is just a bunch of toys. Like, he, <laughs> he, he, I mean, let's face it. That's what everybody tells you, right? He's got money and toys. He doesn't really have a superpower. Yes, but as Nicholson said, where does he get such great toys? Yes, that's um, what it is. So, so you're right. You're right. And it's been said, I'm sure, a thousand times by com comic books. And I'll have to consult with my friend. Um, Ed Nathanson, who does a podcast here on Pod 617 called Are You Not Entertained? He is constantly throwing out these scenarios to his kids. Who would win this or that? Who would win, okay. you know, you know, Mighty Mouse or uh, or uh, Superman or whatever? Um, Dit but Ditka or the Tornado, Ditka. right? <laughs> is it a mini Ditka? <laughs> um, so... Spider-Man was bitten by a radioactive spider, which is is every young man's dream to be bitten by a radio. And he has powers that resemble that of a spider. And right, Batman is is there another superhero who doesn't have any discernible superpowers like Batman? Because I I guess he doesn't. Right, he doesn't. Yeah, he he's he's got the toys, he's got the body armor, and he just happens to be a super. Well, he is a strong dude, at least as portrayed by Christian Bale, for example, but who works out constantly or whatever right. he does. Let's see. Well, Robin's not super either, I guess. Neither you is throw, Batgirl. Throw him, and neither is Batgirl. Yeah, it's the whole trio. Now, in one of the Batman movies, Batgirl... No, I'm thinking of the Catwoman. The irony. The bad, the bad guy, the Catwoman, she has superpowers because she right. somehow got revived by feral cats which no one understands <laughs> anyway i i think um so my choice would be yeah. spidey i i like i said i've just of all of them i've always had an affiliation and i think maybe it's because like when you look at any of the the superheroes or the justice league or any of them mm -hmm. spider-man isn't part of them yeah he's, he's his own man he's his own dude all right 
we're um, we're giving you a thumbs up for the uh, for uh, Spider Man. Well done. And how do you, how do we think uh, Tom did on? Uh, the oh, Jeez. calm down, everyone. Well done, Tom. Hope you enjoyed that. You got two wrong. We're gonna go back and and and. Uh, correct those. No, I'm just kidding. You did great. You did great. There are no wrong answers here on the Boston Podcast. So I hope you had fun. Yeah, We're up against the clock here, Tom. I hope you had fun. But tell tell people, um, you've mentioned how to get in touch with you. Um, if they go to your website, more info on there? or So it'll just give them a little bit. It's more about the Moody Street Group itself, a little right. bit about what we do, how we do what we do. Um, you can look me up inside there. I'm listed inside their site as well. I don't have a site for myself mm-hmm. on that, uh, but it is my contact information and a little about about me and who I am. Well, reach out to him, and he's a good dude. I vouch for him. I'm going to vouch for my friend Tom here on the Boston Podcast. Uh, Tom Alessi from the Moody Street Group. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us here on the Boston Podcast. And if you'd like to hear any past episodes of this podcast, you can find them all at pod617.com. By the way, you can subscribe to us on iTunes or on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Please share this with a friend if you like it. And please talk to us about getting your own podcast here at the Boston Podcast Network. Until then, thanks, Tom Alessi, and enjoy your day, Boston. <laughs>